What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Sunats Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Denizio, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dominic Lampasone. How are we doing? Today, we have a very special guest, aspiring actor, Emma Waters. She was kind enough to take time out of her day to come on the pod and talk about her experiences breaking into the film industry. Thank you for coming on today, Emma. Thanks for having me. Emma, how are we doing? Doing so good. How was your drive? <laughs> drive was great. From Connecticut. Drive was great. Phenomenal. Lovely yeah. trees. Lovely people swerving in Jersey. <laughs> that's typical. Jersey. To be expected. Typical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're going on the parkway, it's like 65, but that's a suggestion. Uh, yeah. Always yeah. a Always suggestion. suggestion. <laughs> 80 do. is the... Standard, I'd say. Standard. Yeah. Probably the standard. Recommended? Yeah. Mm, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, just real quick, uh, how do you and Dom know each other? So Dom cast me in his uh, project, Kickstart My Heart, mm-hmm. and we met through... He put a posting on Backstage, and I applied to it and then we got into contact I submitted a self-tape then uh, I think you cast me just off that and then we met for the first time at that rehearsal in yeah with Jennings right with Jennings in yeah. maybe January or something um yeah around January because we started February. filming in like March right yeah so it was probably like February this was last February year. I think it was yeah this was 2019 yeah 2018 yeah, okay. 2019 2019 2019 yeah. okay so this is last year um and then what was it like working on set for Kickstarter with this guy? It was great. I, you know, I've learned so much since that mm. I'd love to work with you again because I oh. think I have more of an appreciation for like, um, like I've worked with multiple people since and mm. some not as talented perhaps um oh wow not as um (laughs) kids blushing possibly not as invested in in like the film industry and their Mm -hmm. careers in directing and trying to be a good director and like giving good direction um sometimes you just like kind of go on set and you just do whatever you kind of want and they're consumed with so many other things that Mm -hmm. they're not even thinking of directing at that point um which is fair everybody's learning but um it was great working with Dom and everybody on set. Mm-hmm. It was like one of my first, I'd say like real sets that I was on, even though it was still like tons of students working on it. And it was just, it was so professional mm. and something I hadn't like had yet. Right. And it was really nice. It was a really nice taste of what was to come. And it was just enough to like, for me at that time. Right. Um, experience wise no definitely that's actually that's actually really interesting because he was telling me a story he had one person in this film that shied away from student films Mm -hmm. um but then dom contacted him showed him that you know he's really serious about this Mm -hmm. and you know this guy eventually agreed to be in his film so that's awesome that you said that because you know this is kind of like you said your first introduction to what it's like to be on set for a film and the fact that it was a student film and it was Mm -hmm. so professional that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I mean like that, that is that was my goal, especially with that, because that I would say that was probably my biggest project so far, especially in film school too. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of just like the scale of having that amount of people and everything, and that's what I tried. I mean, obviously, it was my last, yeah, you know, my thesis project for you know my film school, right? Um, so I was going all in. You know, I got the cast, got the crew, and um, the one thing I definitely learned on that project was the directing side of how to kind of gel or like develop a chemistry with mm-hmm. just with the director and cast. Like mm-hmm. I realized that was a huge part of yeah. making something special. Definitely. You know, and I mm-hmm. think that, you know, I always, 
I always like to be overprepared, so I was always calling you, like even before I even met you, yep. calling Jennings, calling everybody, just to kind of vibe with each other, try to you know get a feel of everybody, and then I think that's when the relationships a little bit build. Right. Yeah. Um, from that, so I mean that that was the biggest thing, and that was my goal for that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially too, because it was you know a little bit of a lighthearted comedy, so mm-hmm. I knew there was a lot of improv and just a lot of really cool moments involved in it. And just from like the blooper reel that I sent you that one time, like yeah. it was just so much fun. It shooting. was so fun, so yeah. much fun. Learned a lot, like you said too. I yeah. learned so much from my side. No, that's awesome. Um, so I'll always, always remember it. You know, and continue yeah. to use everything I, you know, I learned. No, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. Um, so Emma, just a little bit about yourself. Just talk about where you grew up and other sort of hobbies that you have outside of acting. Great. I grew up in Stamford, Connecticut. I'm mm-hmm. still there. Um, I went to a Catholic elementary and middle school and then I thankfully went to a public high school <laughs> and that was a great Same here. I didn't know that yeah I didn't know yeah um those oh man that just catholic guilt still here <laughs> it's like they they dig their roots in don't they yeah. um sometimes I'm like why am I why do I feel this way and I'm like maybe it was because of the church <laughs> 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 jokes 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 um <laughs> So I went to public high school and then I um, graduated in 2014, went to Fairfield University, Mm -hmm. didn't really know what to study. Uh, I was undecided at first and then I kind of, I didn't know what to do. I I knew I wanted to like possibly like do public speaking or um, start my own nonprofit or something. So I like went into communications and then I had a a math professor and a philosophy, philosophy professor both kind of say to me like we think you should do something else um you know you're just you're very smart mm-hmm. so you know study something that you would maybe never even study or right. just like grow your brain basically okay and so then i declared a major in math um wow <laughs> <laughs> and a minor in philosophy so they clearly had a very large impact on me sure to my favorite people and um, so then I graduated with that, but I, you know, I remember senior year, my roommate and best friend was, you know, she was always asking me like, have you applied to jobs yet? And I was like, yeah, 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 I have. <laughs> Not a one. I was really like, I was trying so hard to figure out how to use math mm-hmm. and like how to be happy. And I literally couldn't figure out any possible career path that I would like be happy with. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just, I said to uh, second semester, senior year, I, I like looked at my roommate and I was like, I want to be an actor. And she goes, oh, shut up. You just want to kiss Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that might be true. But um, I was like, I want to try this. And so I like looked up a my local theater and mm-hmm. I looked up like they had acting classes and they had a commercial acting class. So like signed up, I went, it was like on camera, you uh, would like do a commercial and then you would like sit in your seat and like watch and like the teacher would like critique your on-camera skills and it was the first time I was like on camera so that was super helpful I didn't want to like do commercials after but I then it it, like kind of just started me on the okay more acting classes what's a resume what's a headshot and I said to my parents I was like I think I'm gonna Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You just re- you spend a lot of money on me, and I'm not going to be using that. <laughs> but um, I'm really happy I have a degree in math, though. I think right. it's impressive, and I worked really hard for it. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's a great backup plan. I won't be using it, but 
people that's, say that. That's that's the attitude to have. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so what would you say was that click moment that ultimately made you decide that acting is what you want to do? Mm. Hmm. <laughs> I guess before I started acting or like when I was already whenever, pursuing it. Whenever well, that moment came about where you said in your head that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I had a very recent one. Okay. Um, on this last feature I worked on in July. Mm-hmm. I, it was just the hardest work I've ever done. Um, I spent a year on this script wow. and developed this character into like somebody other than myself. Right. And I just, you know, I was like looking around on set and I was like, I, this is genuinely what I want to do yeah. for my life. And I'd be so happy doing it. And... I think I've had other moments like that on like the smaller project, but it wasn't as grand because right. I didn't have, you know, it was like a, a day on set here or a day on set there and like a couple lines here. So it was just like kind of a tease. Right. But when I really, when it was like so much depending on me, I was like, I really could, I can see myself doing this forever, forever and ever. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what year did you start acting and where did you begin your practice? And then was there a certain technique that you were taught under? Okay. So like I said, mm-hmm. local acting theater. Right. Went, Googled them, took an acting class. And then I started just looking on Groupon for like okay. acting classes in the city. I wanted to try a bunch of like different theaters and teachers out sure. to see like what, what would I gel with? What am I trying to get at? And then I found a private acting coach who I worked with for about a year and so we did private lessons um, on Skype, and he, he, I don't know if I learned like a technique like a Meisner okay. or like, right. you know, Stella Adler or anything like right. that. He definitely has bits and pieces of whatever worked for him, he kind of teaches to his students. Gotcha. And it's really rooted in like imagination and like um, using your imagination to really create the environment, create the character, create the setting, mm-hmm. creating the story in your mind, like really believing that it's happening. Right. Um, so he taught me a lot. And then going into, I think really working on this script and like breaking it down like a, a feature length script, over a hundred pages, tons and tons of like monologues and lines. You really, I think that working on that alone, um, I, w- I was working with, on the script with him and then I started to you know kind of disagree with some of the things he was saying and I felt no but that's not her mm-hmm. and I started to realize like this is my character and I get to choose right you know he can have as many helpful suggestions as possible and I took as many as I could but on the things I disagreed with I really I started to understand like I get to at the end of the day say who she is or who she isn't and like how I want to play her or what she's thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think working on that really helped me like become an actor, like learn how to become an actor, learn how to like look at a script and see little details and like read between the lines. Right, right. Um, That's interesting too that, you know, you go to your acting coach or mm -hmm. I guess you can call him acting coach. Mm -hmm. You know, he worked on him forever. He will always respect him, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. But it it makes you aware of how important knowing your character is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and just being able to 
like you yourself, you're already developing a character with them, and then you're making decisions mm-hmm. like outside of you know, like off screen. Yeah, and that's really right. interesting. Yeah, to hear about that, that's really cool. No, and, and then it really becomes your character because right. you're not letting somebody else dictate what the character's thinking or right. how they're feeling or what they should be feeling here and how they look, how they dress. It's really like it's all on you. And it's like, okay, I really got to think about this. Like, who is this person? Right. And you really have to, like, get to the depth of who they are because then you're not doing them justice if you don't know all those little details. Do they wear nail polish? Mm-hmm. That might not be important mm-hmm. to, like, an, a person watching. But, right. like, I wear nail polish as Emma. Right. The character did not mm-hmm. because I didn't think that she would spend the time doing her nails. Right, I right. thought she was so in her own head and couldn't deal with shit and yeah. was an emotional and mental wreck that this person was not going to take time, sit down, get her nails done or take time and sit down and do her own nails. Right. But knowing that, that's like such a small detail, but knowing that it like lets me so much deeper into her brain mm-hmm. and tells me of like how to answer other questions about her. Is she having sex? Is she, Mm -hmm. does she have friends? Is she drinking alcohol? Is she smoking weed? Like, do people know about this? Is this a secret for her? Like, all of these things that I had not thought of for characters beforehand because I really didn't, I thought I really didn't have to, but I think that was like an excuse of, oh, I don't have enough lines. I'm not going to make a character. I think that was lazy on my part. But I think after doing all of that work, I would never, um, almost a disrespected character by not doing that work right. going forward. Okay. Um, would you say that not sort of developing a certain acting technique almost helped you? Because the way I see it, right, as <laughs> actors, is is how well you can capture human behavior and how well your performance or how believable your performance mm-hmm. is. So the fact that you didn't really develop a certain acting technique, I felt like just from what you were telling me that your performance is more organic. I would agree. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of the acting I like. Sure. Um, I, I was really, I was really stressed about, you know, creating a character and like doing something mm-hmm. on screen, you know, like being a different person. And then I was like, at the end of the day, I just have to tell a story in the best way that I know how. Mm-hmm. And at this moment in time, this is the best way I know how. And I'm going to take all the things I've learned, but at the end of the day, you also have to forget all of the things you've learned because right. if you're thinking about those things on set, let's say you and I are in a scene, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking of those things, I'm not here with you. Right. And I'm not giving you guys what you need mm-hmm. to then give me and then we ping pong it back and forth and we're not in the moment together because right. I'm somewhere thinking, oh, I need to be feeling sad here. So I'm going to look <laughs> yeah. you know, frustrated or something like that. So I find that, and I started actually reading a lot of acting books to mm-hmm. try and figure out like, okay, what's going to work for me and what isn't? And, you know, for, for such a long time, I was like, what? these things aren't really, like, helping me. Like, I don't, when I'm thinking about thing, these things, I actually don't enjoy acting anymore because right. I'm in my head and I'm thinking about these things mm-hmm. instead of just acting and, like, putting myself in a scenario. What would I do if I was this person? What would I do if it were just me? Right. And that's still acting because mm-hmm. the scenario isn't happening. Mm-hmm. What if I got in a car crash right now? What if I saw one? What would I do? Or, um, but I've read this acting book and it was called actually How to Stop Acting. 
And basically his whole philosophy was like, you can do all the work you need, but if you're not in the moment, why are you doing it? Yeah. Like, who is it for? Mm -hmm. Why are you, do you enjoy acting or do you enjoy watching yourself on camera or do you enjoy having a moment between like you and another person as characters right. or are you interested in this for the wrong reasons? And it was so helpful for me to read this before I went into the feature because I really, I let so much pressure go. Like I, back to the thing of like, oh, I need to really do something. And it's mm -hmm. like, I don't need to do anything. Right. I just need to live. Yeah. And I just need to be authentic and as open as possible and okay with being vulnerable and being a human. Right. And I think that's the art that I love. Yeah. Not the, you know, over, like I like to over-examine things, mm -hmm. but then you've done your work. Right. You get to let it go. And actors, like I, I used to watch so many interviews of actors who said that. And I was like, I don't get what they're talking about. What do you mean you let, like, you let go of your homework? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm saying the line and I'm thinking of the homework that I did. Right, because right. I was thinking of the line. Mm -hmm. I wasn't just saying it to you. Right. And like looking in your eyes and waiting for a response. Mm -hmm. I also used to go into projects with like, this is how I'm going to do it. And it doesn't matter how they respond to me, I'm going to respond my way. But let's say they respond laughing. That's going to change how I deliver my next line. Right, right. So if I don't take your laughter in, I'm not taking you in, and mm. I'm doing what I wanted to do, what I predetermined, that's not living in the moment at all. Right. That's not art. That's, yeah. you're just, you're predetermining everything. Yeah. Like, so reading that book really helped me like, go into the project with like an open mind and say, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give them as much as I can and I'm gonna take as much as I can from them and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Right. And the director's there to help and there's all these people on set to you know, help guide you and figure out, is it working, is it not? Let's talk about it. Right. And it was just, it was so lovely yeah. to experience that. It's like this relationship of you know, practice versus performance. Hmm. Yeah. You know, that's basically what it is. Yeah. Do your homework, it's like, you know, when we're playing baseball. Uh, yeah. I was just about to say, yeah. When you're practicing, when you're at practice hitting in the cage, right. you're, you're working on your technique, working on your swing, right. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But then when time game comes, your performance is ready to go. Mm -hmm. Everything you did, right. you put in the work, now it's you forget about it and let it show. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's, developing, that, that, it's developing that second nature. Right. It's so. like trusting yourself right. that you've done your work. Yep. It's and, muscle memory. You know, if yeah. you haven't done your work, you, you'll know. Yeah. You'll be like, oh, I'm. I really did not prepare enough. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. when you do, and it's in your, it's in your blood, it's in your bones. It's like, okay, I. This is like walking. This is like breathing. Mm -hmm. And that's an incredible feeling. Right. Absolutely. You asked. You asked about like an interests outside of acting before. I never got back. I forgot about <laughs> that. But you guys talking about baseball. Like mm -hmm. I grew up Irish dancing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's the same kind of deal. Like right. you practice and you practice and you practice and you perfect. But on the day, you just have to perform, Right. hope for the best. You know what you're doing, you know the music, you know your steps, mm. just go. Yeah. Right? And you do. And it's like you black out. Yeah. And that's how I felt on set. Like I, sometimes I like would, would be like, what did I even just do? <laughs> like I don't remember. And, yeah. and that's like the greatest part of it. It's Definitely. like you really are there with another person. You're living this life that's yeah. not yours. It's crazy. It's a character's and yeah. you've read about it all for a whole year. But it's still like the lines are fresh and the, the scenarios are new and it's so odd. Right. Because how, how could that be? Mm -hmm. Very odd. 
Oh, that's awesome. Mm. That's that's actually really interesting too. Yeah. Um, okay, so talking a little about your philosophies, but let's move on. What or who mm-hmm. are your inspirations? Wow. I'd say like when I was not acting, but I wanted to be, mm-hmm. I was really looking up to like Jennifer Lawrence, Emma Stone, um, those kind of women in the industry that were like a little bit older than me, mm-hmm. but I was watching them from a young age and they were they were so cool. Yeah. And they were like really just, they were convincing me that they were these people. Like Katniss, mm-hmm. the like Easy A. Yeah, like say an Easy like, A, yep. just, and And it's just... They were funny and they were beautiful and they were talented. And I was like, I would love to be them. Like, I'd love to, like, when I was reading The Hunger Games, I was mm-hmm. like, I was like pulling my arrow in my room and letting <laughs> it go and seeing, like, did I get the deer or not? Yeah, like, because yeah. I was acting in my room, even though, like, nobody knew. But I'd say, like, those, you know, I'd say people in the industry as a whole are very inspiring to me because they sure. haven't given up. Yeah. And this is an industry where it's very easy to just throw in the towel and say, you know what, screw it. I'm not getting where I need to be. I'm Mm -hmm. not where I'm supposed to be. You know, this agent isn't good for me. I don't have an agent, blah, 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 because you're comparing yourself to other people and that's never fun. But I'd say the people who haven't given up are very inspirational to me and the people who have made a career for themselves later in their life. Those people I look to for like hope as like, because I got into the industry when I was, I mean, I just started acting really for like, what, a year and a half, two years? Yeah. Cause like you, I'm a baby. I, yeah. I remember when I first casted you, you started like that, like year before. Yeah. We were already like kind of like a year or so in. Yeah. I, I mean, I, and I wouldn't even say I was a year in at that point. I would say like I was really just starting then because like I hadn't been on set. I had maybe taken two acting classes and what was I really learning like there was so much to take in what was I really absorbing at that point Uh not much so I was just kind of like I'm just gonna try and do whatever I can (laughs) and see what works what doesn't and hope for the best yeah the people who have like really become successful like in their 40s or 50s even and now they're like a-listers it's like I there is no rush Mm -hmm. I don't know why I was ever rushing I don't know why I ever felt the need to rush. And obviously it's because back to like comparing yourself to like other people your age. Well, they're there. Why am I there? Mm-hmm. I should be there. Well, mm-hmm. no, you shouldn't. You don't know what you're doing right. yet. Like you just started. It's okay. Slow down. <laughs> but I'd say, I know that's like a kind of a cop out to say everybody in the industry that like hasn't given up, but it's true mm-hmm. because I like, I look at them and I like sometimes will like watch interviews of, you know, I love the Sam Jones show, the On Camera with Sam Jones, I believe. Is that like black and white? Yes. Okay. And I love when like actors who like we think they're so successful and they tell their stories of yeah. like, nobody wanted me. Right. And mm. I did this for years. Everybody calls me an up and coming star. I wasn't up and coming. <laughs> I've been doing this forever. Right. How am I up and coming? How am I like <laughs> new to the to the field? I've, I've been here. Right. You just right. haven't been looking. Yeah. So I'd say like those, those stories that they those people they keep me going okay and now i think that's i think i'll settle on that answer 
nice because that's that's so there's so many people to like there are sure it's just that's hard you can't really pinpoint exactly who inspires you or what it's kind of like as a whole as a whole just what they do is what inspires you that's awesome uh you just spoke a little bit about what inspires you and you also kind of touched on a little bit that it keeps you motivated as well to keep going so just to give a little bit more of a uh, just a platform for the both of you the industry you're trying to break into is a very difficult one. Mm. You know, some might even discourage you almost from mm-hmm. what you're doing. So I commend both of you for staying motivated and to keep pushing forward. Well, thanks, Joe. So oh, let thanks. me, I want to ask you and kind of piggyback off her answers. Sure. What keeps you motivated? You know, I think it was because it was, it's always been my dream since I was a kid, mm. you know, and I really going through school and knowing I couldn't sit down for eight hours at a desk. Um, I was an athletic kid. So like fitness and sports were something I was going for a little bit, right. I guess, throughout high school. But mm. I just always had that that passion for film. And I always just knew I wanted to be involved somehow, mm. you know, and then I started to realize that I like to write. I like to be more creative have control over Mm. certain visions right um and then went to film school realized you can make a career out of this and and if you get in you know a really good career and it's like why why would i try to go and chase or why would i try to go make a career out of some thing that i wouldn't enjoy doing every Mm -hmm. single day and it feels like work and you see so many people, you know, friends and family, I'd imagine all of us can relate that like you, they go and they're just miserable. Like, oh, I have to go on an eight to five. I mean, they do it. They get it done. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and they provide for themselves and their family. But, you know, I think our generation now, there's just so much accessibility and you can go out and, you know, make it not feel like work. Mm-hmm. Like that is the one thing that like I will forever love until the day I die. Like if sure. I can make this a career in my life. Right. Like that'll be the best decision in my life. Mm-hmm. No, definitely, definitely. Um, now, again, for the both of you, would you say that, you know, you get sort of like these feelings of being uneasy at times because yeah. you're working from <laughs> 24-7, yeah. working from project to project, yeah. you know, it's not a steady source, but <laughs> what you're doing, I mean, for all intents and purposes, is what you love doing and mm-hmm. it's your passion. So um, those feelings of uneasiness, like what what is that like? You can answer that. It you sucks. Yeah, it I'm really sure does. It really does. And lately lately i've been feeling like a little bit like oh god do i want to struggle mm. or do i just want to find a job 9 to 5 i have health benefits i get a paycheck every week i can have a 401k mm. i can set up this life for myself right, right. and then i remind myself of who i am i'm mm. a person who loves living in the moment sure. and that means understanding that the present is all i have and i might not get a future, you know, in anything. That 401k might not matter. I could die on my way home, like realistically. I know that's morbid, but it's like, I remind myself of that all the time. It's like, I, you know, nothing is guaranteed. So do what you wanna do. Sure. And I know that can sort of, I think some people mistake that as like irresponsible, but it's like you, how irresponsible is it to waste your life doing something you hate? just out of fear of you know instability like that sucks <laughs> what kind Definitely. of life is that you know yeah, and absolutely that just gave me the shivers i <laughs> yes. i recently yeah. i was i love jim carrey and i love jim oh. carrey's whole 
arc of uh-huh. himself. Right. Sure. And he seems to be doing very well on his spiritual journey and, you know, his artistic self right now. Mm-hmm. Great for him. He gave a commencement speech for college and yeah. there is, a, I just, I watched it on YouTube like yesterday and he was talking about his dad and how his dad could have been a famous comedian, so successful. He was one of the funniest people he knew. And that was not a stable career path. And so he like became, you know, somebody in finance, let's say. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Sure. <laughs> let's say a couple of years into his job, he gets fired. He gets laid off. Okay. And their family has nothing. So Jim's point is... Uh, you can fail at something you don't want to do, mm-hmm. so why not do what you want to do? There's no guarantee that this stable life is going to be stable. Yeah. So it's a waste of time, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? In essence, absolutely, yeah. And But it is, it is really, you know, sometimes it's almost like a seductive thought of, oh my God, stability and, you know having the weekends off, I can, Mm. you know, I have enough money to go out to brunch and dinner and get drinks after and go to the spa and, you know, go dating, date anybody you want, spend money on whoever you want. Like, but it's like, do I want that? I mean, not really. Yeah. I just kind of want to make movies. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, The entire time I had like the goosebumps. (laughs) I relate to it 100%. Absolutely. You see, you see me all the time, man. I'm like, you know, fucked up most he's, of the time. I'm like, he has his good and bad days. Like yeah. there's days I mean, where the weird fog. Yeah. Like well, we're talking about it and he's super excited. And then there's days he comes to me and he's like, dude, like, um, I'm struggling right now. And yeah. I just keep reminding him. I'm like, listen, like, this is what you love to do. Keep doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've come such a long way already and you've progressed in such a short amount of time mm-hmm. and you're going to keep progressing as you keep moving forward. Yeah. So don't stop because there's no reason to. Absolutely. And I can't, honestly, I can't see you at a cubicle. And no. from just a few mixed words that we've had, you know, over the course of, you know, when he was filming his movie yeah. and just now, I can't see you sitting at a cubicle either. It's not for you guys. I always knew that too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always, that was always super stressful for me because I was like, well, what am I going to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know that I could be an actor. Right. I didn't, because I wasn't in acting camps as like right. a kid. I wasn't in the school plays. Like I wasn't doing this. Right. And I was like, that's a pipe dream. That's like, that's what it is. It's just a dream. Mm-hmm. That's like a fantasy, but it's like you can you can make it a reality. You just have to work hard. Definitely. And it's like sometimes you just have to remind yourself where, what have I accomplished? Not what do I have to accomplish? Right. What have I already done? And you start making a list of things you have already done. And it's like, okay, I've done quite a lot. I don't need to be so hard on myself. Like I can take a breath nothing's happening right now i don't need to go in panic mode there's no earthquakes there's no tsunamis (laughs) like i'm just sitting in a chair i don't need to overthink anything yeah it's hard to do yeah because i found myself again i'm going back to this comparison thing but i was i was just yesterday all i was doing i was like oh god i'm i'm not doing enough there's so many people who are doing more than me Actors, other people deserve it more because they're they're more talented and they're putting more hours than me and this and that and him and her. And I'm like, okay, I need to go for a walk. I just need to look at some trees, listen to music. And I was like good after because I was like talking to myself in my head saying Mm -hmm. like, you are comparing yourself 
to other people, mm-hmm. you can't do that. Yeah. Like your journey is not theirs. Right. That's why it's unique to you and unique to them. They have nothing to do with you. Forget about them. Mm. Like they don't matter. And I think we get so caught up in this like timeline of success. Like I have to do this by this time or I'm not successful because we see other people have done it that way. But if you're on, like, I was thinking about this. If I was just like on a farm in the middle of nowhere, I wouldn't be thinking like, oh, you know, I'm not doing enough for myself right now because, you know, Emma Stone's already famous. (laughs) I'm on a farm. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Emma Stone isn't even like a thought if I'm on a farm. (laughs) I know that's stupid, but it's like, just calm down. You don't have to relate so hard to people like yeah. you're on you're doing the right things you're on the right path it'll come when it comes just trust in yourself and the universe like yeah. it'll happen yeah i definitely always have those moments almost every day you know because i i mean i'm a guy i always think ahead mm-hmm. like I, i'm always mm-hmm. properly prepared over prepared most of the time a lot of anxiety going on thank your dad for that yeah yeah <laughs> seriously and um yeah, it's just, it's freaky when you have to think like, okay, you know, and, and, and what am I, I just turned 23, so seven years, like I'm going to be 30, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, that's typically when people get married and start mm-hmm. a life and start a family. And it's like, I, I don't even know if I'm, you know, with my dream, if I'm going to be even close, Yeah. you know, in 30, if I'm still sitting in a basement making podcasts <laughs> and, uh, you know, just not even doing anything, like obviously, yeah, it, I probably haven't done everything I possibly could, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I always try to tell people that are on the same page as me in terms of an artist or musician or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, have you done everything you possibly could where you're sitting today? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's, you know, piggybacking off what you said. Mm -hmm. We can utilize New York City. We can utilize the connections we get from different projects and everything. And as long as you've done everything you possibly could, reached out to everybody, emailed one person 50 times within the last month yeah. or so, you know, tried going into, I don't know, like emailing uh, uh, agents or agents, agencies going yeah. in there. If I've done everything I possibly could and I'm 30 years old and I still haven't gone anywhere, then maybe it's a problem. But <laughs> I know, but I know I, there's a low percentage I still haven't done. Or I'm sorry, there's a low percentage that I've done and they're still this huge grand scale that yeah. I still have to do. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Which is exciting. It excites yeah. me a lot, you know, because there's, it's kind of that hope or that opportunity feeling. Sure. You know, going on. So, yeah, yeah I can relate to that. For sure. 100%. Well, you also mentioned too, like, that there's sort of benchmarks, right? Like around that time, you start getting married or you have kids and stuff like that. And like, yeah, that might be the case for somebody who's living, I guess what you would consider a normal life, working mm-hmm. a nine to five, getting a steady paycheck. So yeah, they hit those certain benchmarks. But if you look at yourselves, right, and the profession that you've taken on, it's not normal in the sense where you're not working a nine to five, mm-hmm. right? So your benchmarks in life are going to be way different than somebody like me or our parents or something like that. So for just for you, because I know you always like stress about it, I, I wouldn't because you're not really taking on something that's normal. Well, I shouldn't say normal, but something that's as typical as somebody typical, else. Typical, yeah. Typical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, yeah, so. Take take a deep breath. <laughs> um, That's why Joe is always here for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I try. I Let's try. Talk him off the ledge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. 
Um, okay. Well, he, he reads like all my stuff too. So yeah. Like, he's I try and there. critique the right way. I give yeah. him, I give him constructive criticism. That's I don't, great. I don't ever try and, you know, step on his, you uh, suck. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to help either. Well, of you, no. you can tell me you suck, but give me the reasons why. And then I'll go and perfect <laughs> right. It, you know? Um, okay. So, uh, talking a little bit more about some of the projects you've been a part of since kickstart, how many other film projects have you been a part of? Since kickstart. Okay. I have to be honest, I was a little lazy, but I don't know if I was lazy or if I was just focused on one thing. Sure. So we shall decide now. <laughs> I finished Kickstart, what, April was April. the last shoot? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, in May, I, you know, you finish your projects, whatever you're applying on backstage mm-hmm. to a million projects and you hear back from like one. Um in May, the end of May, I saw the listing for Magnolia Flowers, which is okay. the feature I did. Yep. And late May, sent in a self-tape. Early June or mid-June, had a reply saying, we're very interested. And pretty much a couple days after that, we'd like to, you know, cast you. And uh, we're sh- we start filming in... Originally, it was going to be January and May of 2020, uh, but then because there were winter scenes yeah. in the movie, and so we were going to have to do that in January. Um, the DP, who was great, was like, "Nah, man, like that is just way too much. You're mm-hmm. gonna, it's going to cost so much more money to do it that way. We'll figure out how to do the winter scenes in May." And then COVID happened, so we pushed it to July. Right. But in that time, from the end of Kickstart and getting that project. I really, I think I did um, one student film in November, mm-hmm. and then that was it, because I was kind of over it. Like, mm-hmm. I was kind of over, oh, and I did, actually, I lied. I did a, a cool, like, co-star role on this web series. It hasn't come out yet, but it was, like, about sex trafficking and immigration, and oh, I wow. was, like, a barista. I was, like, a bitch. It was, <laughs> it was fun to play, and... Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it'll be released. It's in post-production now. It'll probably okay. be released on, like, maybe Amazon. Not sure. But it's okay. a web series. Cool. Um, so I did that. And then um, a little student film in November. And then I was really just focusing on Magnolia Flowers. And I felt like that was okay to do because I had so much work to do. Sure. To, like, develop a character. And I, I, was, I didn't want to do, like, a... Like a... A rinky-dink day player thing when I had this whole like I, I was the lead in this feature like yeah. I, I felt like I was going forward and I didn't want to go back and I was but I was also like kind of like over applying to hundreds of things every day and you don't hear back and yeah if you do you get there and it's just not it's not professional and it's like not worth your time and you don't get your footage anyway yeah and I know that's probably a bad mentality but I was at the time I was over it mm-hmm. so since Kickstart, I've done two, and then Magnolia Flowers, okay. which I count as a big project. Absolutely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I would say it's that was definitely the right move for yeah. you, especially a big project. It was that next step. That's a big yeah. step from, especially, like we said, what, two years of really acting. Yeah. Like, that's a big step. Definitely. So I think that was the right process mm-hmm. for you to really break down, develop this character yeah. as long as it took you. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, and you, you're you already saying that it was a huge benefit. Oh, yeah. And it's a huge experience to just develop even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what yeah, would you, you say? You lazy. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say are some of the key elements that you've learned from working on Magnolia Flowers? 
some of the key elements are um or takeaways just from the experience i will never not put in as much work as i did Mm. um i think the um, i i think there's only you can only do more right um i think if you do less you won't be happy with your work Mm -hmm. uh you won't be proud of it and you won't be ready so that's a takeaway of knowing how much work i have to put into something to Mm -hmm. be proud of it yeah which is i think a great takeaway of just uh, on a personal level of knowing you know also what works and what doesn't like Mm -hmm. what worked for me going into it what didn't what what was a waste of time which really is never a waste of time because you figure out that that's not the case and then that kind of leads into something that is the case yeah um being okay with asking for things on set um being confident enough to do so if you need five more minutes to get in the zone you get five more minutes because the show doesn't go on without you right you know you have to be in front of the camera and if you're not ready guess what no one's ready Hmm. and that doesn't mean hold up the show but you know i need five more minutes right so i'm gonna take it yeah and if if you do have the experience where someone doesn't give you five that means that Mm -hmm. director anybody a part of that set is not committed to anything they want to do Right. Because as me, as a director, if, if an actor came up to me and said that, I'd be like, mm-hmm. I'll, you can take as much time as you want mm-hmm. because they're going to give you what you want. Like, right. You're, you're, you're not going to waste all these. You're not going to waste eight takes by the time they're warmed up. Exactly. Yeah. They're just going to be warm after five to ten minutes of prepping. Right. And then they're going to give you what you want on the first, second, and third take. Yeah. And then guess what? You move on. Right. So you're actually saving time in the in the long run. But some some, you know, some people are, you know, they're in over their heads and they, they're thinking about the schedule and what the, mm, what the next yeah. shot is. And um, but I have to say they were really great about that on set. Did you did you rehearse? We did. We did like not like legit rehearsals. Okay. Um, we did on some scenes, some of the scenes that are, were like pretty easygoing. We rehearsed those, and really they were just like kind of playing around. But um, of like the heavier scenes and stuff like that, we didn't rehearse those. I think he was okay. The director was okay with like us saving it for the day, and um, he trusted us. Mm. So, so sure. say how long it took. Like how many days you guys shot? Mm-hmm. We shot. There were fifteen full days, twelve-hour days. There were three days off, so we were oh. up in Massachusetts for eighteen. Um, there was a strict twelve-hour on, twelve-hour off policy, which was definitely needed. Um, right. I had. A majority of my scenes, I'm crying in them. Oh, wow. And so, like, I'd get home sometimes at, like, 7 in the morning to the Airbnb, and I'd, like, just put on a sleeping mask because it was so bright, and Mm -hmm. I would just pass out for a couple hours, and I'd wake up, and I would, like, put an ice pack on my eyes because they were so puffy and they were tired. Wow. And then, you know, you you go back to set, and you have to do it again. You have to (laughs) just cry and cry and cry. Um, But that was something I was really proud of, um... Probably day three. Uh, it was funny. The first the first three days were overnight shoots. And I was, I, I really psyched myself out. I was like, oh my God. There was, a, there was a, a scene where a kid is getting out of a car and standing up. Mm-hmm. And we were doing that. We were well into the scene and I had been getting some direction and I was like, oh my God, does this mean like I'm not doing anything right? Or like, because I was just, I was, I hadn't been on set in a while. Right. 
And then I had to do this thing where the camera's here blocking the kid, but I have to track him with my eyes from standing up and then going behind the camera. But as I'm doing that, I have to I have to track him and then jump to a little tape mark on the camera. Okay. And it really wasn't flowing. And I was like, oh my God, I'm a bad actor. I have no on-camera <laughs> skills. And I was like, this is the first day. I'm going to like get fired. This is like so horrible. Right. And then, you know, we did a wide... And then he, I was like so consumed with getting on the line mm. that like he called cut and he goes, Emma, you didn't even react to what he said. I was like, I know, I'm in my head. <laughs> um, but then that, that same shot we did in a wide and I was like, okay, great. I have this wide, I can react and I can track him and I can do everything. And if the close up sucks, whatever, he right. still has footage that he can right. cut to of me if he needs. Yeah. And the scene's not even about me. Yeah. But I was so, I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is insane. Day three, I think I really proved myself because there is a, I won't get into like the plot of it or anything. Um, I can I give a little brief plot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. A college student is back at home for reasons you will find out. Sure. Uh, throws a party with her two little brothers and um, bad things happen. Okay. And then the rest of the movie <laughs> is kind of trying to fix all the issues gotcha. that arise. Right, right. <laughs> I think that's all I'll give you. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, but that's, yeah. there's, you know, a lot of bad stuff happens. So right. a lot of bad stuff in, is happening to me, to people in the movie i'm upset yeah so i'm upset a lot <laughs> anyway uh day three which was like an overnight shoot it was our um it was our third overnight yeah we were kind of exhausted mm. it was probably we had been shooting from 9 p.m and it was it's probably about 5 a.m at this point mm -hmm. we're on a side street in town and this scene is devastating for me like i right. am sobbing and i was i was stressed because i was like i haven't like i've done all these scenes in my room and once mm -hmm. i haven't done them consistently right and i was the tears were flowing consistently for a good hour oh, and i was Jesus doing consistent Christ. work and i was just i was really concentrating and i took time aside if i needed it and i was just i was so there and i was so once once they were like all right we're moving on i was like oh my god that was music to my ears, but I was so proud of myself for being able to do it. Sure. And I knew it gave me such a confidence boost because I went from day one being mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm horrible, <laughs> to day three of I can do anything in front of these people. Yeah. Right. I can do anything. Oh, and awesome. I don't care who's watching because I have to do my work. Mm -hmm. And this is for me. And yeah. this is for Caitlin, the character. Like, I have to do her justice. Right. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's embarrassing. It doesn't matter if there are, like, 20 people behind the camera watching me cry. Right. I'm crying because I'm here with the with the scene of and the circumstances right and it was super it was just it was such a cool moment for me nice of just i was like yeah i'm the next two weeks i'm, cry I'm gonna cry so much and i can do it <laughs> and it was so it like took so much stress off me because right. i knew i could and right. so i was like yeah i'm ready to go Oh, that's awesome. And then it was it became a joke. It's like, you crying again? I was like, yeah. yeah. And there was one time <laughs> there was one time where we we um shot a scene and I'm crying, but then the immediately following um 
we had taken a break immediately following we had we were doing that scene mm -hmm. but my it didn't look like i had just been crying and the director couldn't figure out a way to just say that to me right. he was like i just you know eventually <laughs> he said i just don't feel as though you're coming from the car and i was like oh i i was crying in the car i have to cry and he was like yeah yeah <laughs> i was like oh yeah. give me five minutes I said, give me less. I'll go ball out and then I just, I just kind of like stare at the ground and like keep my eyes open. And I, <laughs> and then I just start crying and I was like, okay, I'm ready. And then That's two fun. takes and we're done. I was right. like, you could have just said, Emma, cry. Right. It's cry time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was funny because I'm crying this whole movie. Yeah. Um, so it's, so now that you mentioned that, it seems like this was a very emotional film. Mm -hmm. So how would you say you felt off camera? Oh, I felt great until about, um, I'd say day seven and eight. Mm -hmm. There were two, those were two really, really difficult nights. Um, one in particular, I'm just going to say day seven to throw sure. it out there. Sure. Um, the hardest scene of the movie, I'm... I basically am, I'm throwing a temper tantrum. Okay. And it's like a legit, it's a full-blown temper tantrum. Yeah. And it was a scene that always scared me. It was a scene that I was dreading from the moment I read the script. I was mm -hmm. like, I don't know how I'm going to pull this off. Like, I don't know. Like, I I have to throw a temper tantrum in front of all these people. <laughs> like, this, like, it's kind of embarrassing. And right. I was like, what if I can't do it? And we really got to that scene and I was like, well... I have to. We're right. here. Like, there's no more thinking about it. You just have to do it. Definitely. And, um, which is just kind of insane that you just, you really just have to, like, be put in the situation and just go. Yeah. I did it, but we did it, we probably did 20 takes because we did three people's footage and then we got to mine and I was so drained. Yeah. And the, the script really helped me, um, get there emotionally up until that point mm -hmm. and the script was getting me there emotionally until about like the 15th take and then I felt like I was running out of steam and yeah. the text wasn't doing it for me anymore right. like it really it wasn't I had I had I had grieved over what was happening yeah. in the script you know I had I had done it but the camera was still not on me so I then had to make it personal mm -hmm. and I put on a sad song and that like reminded me of like a bad time and I was like that was the most draining right. because it then it was real. Yeah. And it wasn't pretend anymore and but I ha I had to be crying and we yeah, we hadn't even gotten to my footage yet. So I was sure. like I have to like I have to be throwing a temper tantrum and there are no more tears from the script. So Yeah. Time to, you know, actually be sad yeah. instead of, you know, you're pretending. So I went home that night and I was I was really just I was I was wrecked. Yeah, yeah. And then the following day was also a pretty heavy day. And then I think I had a day off and mm -hmm. I really needed that day off because I was just kind of like, I was like, I don't know how much more I can give right, at this point. Right, right. And I really needed, w once I had the day off, I felt kind of like rejuvenated. I took care of myself. I like got ice cream. I was just a nap, took a shower. Mm -hmm. Like I was really just trying to like rest right. and like yeah. take care of myself and do things that would make me feel better. But it wasn't, too hard the scenes that were you know day 10 and 11 and then mm -hmm. i had two days off and then day 15 let's right. say they weren't heavy scenes anymore i had done all of the hard work right so it was kind of just like 
I'm not going to say insert scenes, but like they're not heavy scenes. They're just yeah. scenes. And thank God, because I was like, I really, I, d- I don't know how much more I could have yeah. done. Yeah. So to answer your question, <laughs> that's rough. difficult. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. It was, it was hard to go from feeling like a legit actor, feeling like you're, you're waking up every day and you're going to set every day and you mm-hmm. have work to do and you're doing hard work to just, you're done. Yeah. That's it. What do you mean? I don't, I'm. We're not filming scenes today. We're not yeah. crying today. We're not working today. Like, there's nothing lined up after. It was, it was kind of like a like a, um, a surreal experience for mm-hmm. me because like I'm back home then with my parents, back to my like pr- normal routine before the movie, right. and I'm just kind of like, well, this sucks. <laughs> I want to do that forever. Yeah. I don't want to just sit here. Yeah. And now I'm like looking for projects, and it's sure. back. You know, it's back back to normal. Right what's next what's the next job i don't know yeah that's interesting thing too as like with our industry is you know you go project to project both you know financially and creatively yeah you know so i'm interested to see how both me and you you know the longevity of it with five or ten years or so like how it's going to play off being able to go to each project and you know that that like gray area of you you trying to just find projects or me trying to make my next project yeah. or whatever you know i'm, I'm really curious how me we're too. Gonna those. <laughs> um the other thing i want to ask is i want to want you to say who the director or directors were yes colin dale he is he just graduated from usc film school uh this year mm-hmm. and he's starting a fellowship at the american film institute in california wow uh, i think he might already be there wow yep <laughs> did he, he wrote too he, yep, he wrote, produced, and directed wow. this film. Uh, he has spent a couple years on this script, mm-hmm. um, writing it, rewriting it. I think there were eight drafts. So we fin- the final shooting draft was number eight. Wow. No more changes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But eight rewrites is, I mean, a lot of time spent on this. Yeah. This was really his passion project. This was a culmination, like a, a lot for him. Yeah. So, That's really cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so just wrapping up, a few final questions. Um, so where do you see yourself in the next five years? Oh, my gosh. I know. This is a, these are loaded <laughs> questions. So. Okay. There. What if there is no next one? Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 ride home isn't sounding too good. <laughs> um, all right. Next five years. So I'm 24. Mm-hmm. I'll be 25 next year. So when I'm 30, realistically... I see myself in California. I see myself um, with um, a mid to large size agency. Mm. I see myself doing at least one big project per year, if not more. Right. And I see myself happy yeah there you go (laughs) well said well said as for acting i want to just keep doing projects that i find are worthy of being done um stories that are like worthy of being told like the reason i wanted to be an actor was Mm -hmm. so that i could you know, help people forget about their lives 
for a moment mm -hmm. and whether they're struggling or whether they're not just mm -hmm. entertain them enough that they forget about their own shit mm. and they get to focus on somebody else's life right um, and they get something out of it while doing so I think I just want to keep doing that uh, because I know like when I was I was struggling with some depression in high school and you know I'd watch Grey's Anatomy and it was I although I was like sad during it if like a patient died or something it really I felt so numb at the time that like feeling sad was different than being numb and I, I, I felt oh I still can feel things so maybe I can feel happy later in my life maybe that will come back again but you know, they made me, you know, care about this imaginary patient. They made me, they, they reminded me that I still feel human things, even though they're a little bit negative and like I can get through it. And I think like, I always liked having that distraction and like I always valued it because I was like, yeah, I'll be, I'll be good. Right. I'm not right now, but I will be. And they're gonna help me. And I'm just gonna forget about my life for a little bit. And I'd love to be that for somebody else. Heck yeah. Uh, what do we say? Is that, we good? I think so. All right. Oh, Any, man. Anything else you want to say? Yeah. Thank you for having me. I, w I was looking so forward to this. <laughs> this is super cool. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Thank Thanks you for, for coming, coming on the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, we greatly appreciate it. And we wish you the best of luck in your very bright future. Um, guys, go check out Emma on Indom short film, Kickstart My Heart, available now. And be on the lookout for her in Magnolia Flowers, which is soon to be released. Is there a release date? Uh, Summer 2021, we'll okay, say. Okay, cool. Do we have a platform? Not yet. Not okay. yet. Okay, so we'll, we'll keep you updated on mm -hmm. that. Uh, please don't forget to like and subscribe to the Student Odds Podcast on YouTube, and please drop a follow on our Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor FM. And Twitter. And Twitter. We are now on <laughs> I Twitter. I just made a Twitter. We have like 20 followers. So. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, Dom. Yeah. As always. Tuning off. Signing off. See ya. Bye.